Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Reference. For Christmas of 1983, I can't really remember what exactly I wanted. Probably something video game or G.I. Joe or Star Wars related at the time. I remember as we got closer to Christmas, my mother telling me this was very unusual for her. She was not one to drop hints for what I was getting at Christmas. She said, what I got you is something that everyone wants. I was scratching my head. What? What do I want? Is there something? Is there some vehicle or some toy, some video game system that... I was missing. Is this going to be a Commodore? Am I getting my computer finally? I got really excited. The weeks moved forward and I, you know, would try to look for the toys all around the house. I checked closets, checked under the bed. She did a good job of hiding them this year. On Christmas morning, I woke up, ran downstairs. There were all the packages arrayed in front of the Christmas tree. There was this strange, kind of large box that I'd never seen before. It didn't match any of the predetermined shapes that I was expecting. Nothing that matched any gifts that I would want. It was kind of tall, still big, but taller than it was wide. Something you should know about me, I'm not a person who rushes gifts. I really like the time beforehand rather than the after effect. I like anticipation. So I went over and I picked up the box and it felt weird. It was kind of much lighter than I thought, so I thought, this isn't a computer. Look at this B, what is this? And I kind of poked at it, it kind of gave in the front. I just had no idea what this thing could be. I opened it up. It was a Cabbage Patch Kit. Long pause. I had not asked for a Cabbage Patch Kit. I had kind of known that they were a big deal amongst people. Usually, I thought, amongst girls at the time. But I later found out that a lot of people got them. But this was not something I wanted. But the build-up was huge as I was opening this gift like everyone in my family got around there was a camera brought out just all sorts of crazy like yeah we got him the gift that he's gonna want this year we got him the best gift and I imagine they must have fought tooth and nail to get a cabbage patch kit the year it came out so of course I put on a smile I was like oh cool cabbage patch kid just what I wanted oh thanks hugs and kisses all around I made an effort to sort of play with it. You know you have to name these things. I named mine Damien, which you might laugh at because of Damien the Omen, but actually I'd not seen Damien the Omen. Maybe I'd heard of it and maybe I was being a little passive aggressive, but Damien was one of the names on my mother's baby name list, one of the things she was going to name me. So she had always brought that up, I think knowing about the movie and kind of getting a joke out of it, me not having seen the movie at that point didn't understand the joke. So I named the kid Damien, and my family laughed at that. And Damien and I played for maybe 10 minutes, and it was really a showy play. I had Damien walk across the room, and I was like, oh, cool, Damien's awesome, I love him. And then Damien went into the closet and was never heard from again. I've always regretted that I wasn't able to derive some joy from Damien, but, I mean, it was a baby doll, and I just couldn't muster the enthusiasm, much like other boys in my neighborhood who all happened to get cabbage patches that year. 
And it was great. My Cabbage Patch actually kind of looked like me, but my friends' Cabbage Patch kids <laughs> didn't bear any resemblance to them, which was, of course, a hilarious subject to bring up when you had the kid with the bright red hair being paired with a kid who has the darkest, blackest hair that you've ever seen, which could only bring up long discussions of the Cabbage Patch kids' paternity. Why would parents buy such odd-looking Cabbage Patch kids for their kids? They didn't really have a choice in the matter. When you went to buy a Cabbage Patch kit in a lot of places, you got it blind because there was just such enthusiasm and buildup. As soon as the shipment would come in, people would take them. So what they would do is pre-bag them and send them out the door sight unseen. So your parents would get it, open it up, and they'd have this Cabbage Patch kit that looked more like Raggedy Ann. Good times. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Cabbage Patch kit. We're going to talk about the company that made it. Briefly, Coleco, which I talked about in last week's podcast. We're going to talk about the crazy Cabbage Patch riots that occurred. We're going to talk about the different incarnations, and we'll talk about its influence on pop culture over the years. So without further ado, let's start the show. Cabbage Patch Kid and its rabid popularity during the 80s, but not many people know how it got its start. Here is how it started, according to legend. One day, a young boy named Xavier Roberts wandered into a magic cabbage patch hidden behind a beautiful waterfall. He discovered busy little bunny bees sprinkling cabbage with magic crystals. Suddenly, all sorts of different kids and babies peeked out of the cabbages. Each one had his or her own special look, personality, name, and birthday. I'll call you Cabbage Patch Kids, he said as everyone cheered. Xavier fell in love with the kids and built Babyland General Hospital just for them. It's a safe, happy place to live and play until someone like you takes them home to be cared for and loved. When you adopt a kid of your own, you become part of the legend too and make a Cabbage Patch Kid very happy. I think that sounds quite reasonable. In real life, it was started by a guy named Xavier Roberts, who is on every Cabbage Patch Kids doll's info and name and packaging. It's also imprinted on every Cabbage Patch Kid as his signature. So Mr. Roberts got into the late 1970s American folk art revival and would travel around his home area trying to learn new sorts of crafts that he could do and became very interested in doll-making techniques. One of the techniques that he learned was called needle molding, which is a German technique for fabric sculpture that originated in the early 1800s. He became a master at it. So he took those doll-making techniques and combined it with the knowledge that he had from other things like quilting and started experimenting with making quilted dolls. These quilted dolls were quite popular 
in local craft shows, and he named them Little People. So Roberts and his friends got together and started taking these dolls to different craft shows all over the southeast, and they were very popular. So much so that he decided to go into business as the original Appalachian Artworks Company. He started producing these little dolls in his hometown, Cleveland, Georgia, which is very famous because that is the location of the Babyland General Hospital, which is where Cabbage Patch Kids are born, as everyone knows. And Babyland General Hospital still exists today. Roberts had this genius idea to create a clinic, basically, where you would see the dolls being born and then they could be adopted. It's different than, say, the Build-A-Bear workshop or anything like that in that it's much more theater. So the dolls come out of the cabbage patch and nurses come over and there's emergencies and then the babies are named right there amongst the people visiting. As I said, the, the clinic still exists. They had talked about moving recently and there was discussion of them moving away from Cleveland, Georgia but that has actually not happened. They are remaining in Cleveland, Georgia, but just in a new, more state-of-the-art facility able to handle the tourist traffic. You can visit Babyland General Hospital at 73 West Underwood Street in Cleveland, Georgia. Visiting hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. For more information, you can go by cabbagepatchkids.com. Mr. Roberts continued to run his company, but eventually he sold the design and lots of other things to a licensing company. That licensing company was called Schlafer Nance and Company, and they were brought on to play around with the brand to see if they could increase sales of the little people. Schlafer shopped the Cabbage Patch around before signing with a company I talked about in last week's podcast, Caligo, the Connecticut leather company, and in August of 1982, they signed a deal where Coleco would produce and market the new toy. What did they decide to call the new toy? The Cabbage Patch Kid. The Cabbage Patch Kid was introduced with huge fanfare at the International Toy Fair in New York City in 1983. Already people were very excited. People had heard of the little people in the South, and they were very popular. I mean, not as popular as they were about to come, but there was some buzz about them. But at the Toy Fair in New York City, with the theater of the birthing of the babies and everything, it got massive news coverage, which would set the stage for Christmas riots and all sorts of craziness. There was literally so much buzz around the Cabbage Patch dolls that riots did occur. This is not hyperbole. People were not lining up. People were going nuts for these things. Just take a listen to this report from the Canadian Broadcasting Company from 1983. This Christmas, Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer have taken a back seat to a brood of ugly little dolls known as the Cabbage Patch Kids. First, consumer testing showed Coleco that people liked the birth and adoption fantasies, so it was stressed. The retail toy buyers had to be convinced, so Coleco built two Babyland General Hospitals, one in New York and this one in Montreal, just to sell the idea to buyers. A fake doctor and nurse play out the myth with completely straight faces. Birth of a bouncing baby boy. His name is James. He weighs two pounds, two ounces, and is 16 inches long. This is what the cabbage patch phenomenon looks like across North America. A dumpy doll has unleashed a savagery in shoppers that has store managers defending themselves, advertisers congratulating themselves, and those caught in the rush, terrified. 
crazy in there, yeah. They trampled everybody. And I was scared to death. I mean, people just didn't realize, and I got pushed up against that glass. I, I was afraid to get pushed through it. Oh, my gosh. She said, I mean, somebody almost had her arm and almost broke it. These people were trying to push in between. Oh, I've never been this way. So Coleco is the luckiest company in the world. They had lucked out with their ColecoVision, but the video game crash put an end to that. And then they just walk into this Cabbage Patch craze. And the Cabbage Patch doll, even though there were so many shortages and the drop of it was mishandled, the company still made a fortune off it. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. But they made a fatal flaw in that they thought that the Cabbage Patch kid, although popular, would have legs. They thought this was going to be the doll that everybody would buy forever, and they started doing massive investment in it. Well, as everyone knows, the Cabbage Patch doll was a craze. A big one, but a craze. And all that investment was not great for the company. As the years went on, from 1983 to 1988, the sales of the doll dropped precipitously. And by 1988, even though they had some other great things, like the talking Alf doll, Coleco had to file for bankruptcy. And the license for Cabbage Patch Kids would shift to another company, Hasbro. Hasbro took over the rights to make the dolls in 1988 and continued to make the dolls pretty much as is with a few little gimmicks thrown in here and there, ones that played musical instruments. They introduced some new types of Cabbage Patch dolls like the Birthday Kids, the Splash and Tan Kids, the Pretty Crimp and Curl Kids. Hasbro also saw that the Cabbage Patch Kids would be much more popular amongst younger children, so they started to make the dolls even smaller. Now, although the Cabbage Patch doll was still selling pretty well, it never was at the level of its first two years. So Hasbro thought it might be a good idea to pull out of the Cabbage Patch market and started to look for somebody to buy the Cabbage Patch brand to sell themselves. And another huge company, Mattel, stepped in and took over the Cabbage Patch brand in 1994. Mattel made a big change to the Cabbage Patch doll, whereas the earlier manufacturers had made the doll out of cloth, just like Xavier Roberts had when he mastered those German cloth sculpting techniques. Mattel decided to use vinyl. Now, a lot of people aren't a big fan of vinyl, but Mattel reasoned that the dolls would last longer, and of course, vinyl dolls last longer because they're much more durable. Mattel also got on the gimmick train with their version of the Cabbage Patch Kit and created lots of variation in the dolls as well. That's where you get the ones that swam, the ones who brushed their teeth and ate food, all those things. And with vinyl, that allows you to do that. And they could tap into the company's resource as a doll manufacturer to include all these gimmicks. So the Cabbage Patch Kid continued to sell decently and will continue to be licensed by Mattel, or at least the brand will be owned by Mattel, until at least 2012. In 2003, Toys R Us decided to release a 20th anniversary Cabbage Patch Kid doll, and they debuted it at their new Times Square flagship store. These were the 20-inch kid size and the 18-inch baby size, and both of them had cloth bodies and vinyl heads, which harken back to some of the original. At the time, they had a little bit of buzz around them, not so much like the original, not even close, but were sold online which helped to amplify the buzz a bit. Now, the Toys R Us partnership lasted for a bit, but then Play Along obtained the rights to license and make Cabbage Patch Kids. Play Along is a Jax company, and they decided to remake the traditional 16-inch kids, as well as the baby and newborn lines. They were doing this because the 25th anniversary was on the horizon, and they thought that the Cabbage Patch Kids would get a resurgence. 
they even did a perfectly executed 80s style doll. I guess one would say a retro style Cabbage Patch kit, which I'm all for. So the Cabbage Patch doll was a popular toy, but it also figured prominently into popular culture in different ways. In the Olympics in 1992, the Cabbage Patch doll was selected as the official mascot of the 1992 U.S. Olympic team, and each of the team members was given their own doll to take to the games. Might have been a marketing coup in some way, but it didn't help sales as much as the company had hoped. In 1996, again, they had an Olympic tie-in. Sadly, that hardly registered a blip on the pop culture radar. You might not remember, but in 1999, the post office did a selection of 1980s-themed stamps, and the Cabbage Patch doll was chosen as one of those 15 commemorative postal stamps. Now, I know what you're thinking. How could you talk about the Cabbage Patch Kids without talking about the Garbage Pail Kids, which were all sorts of awesome. My school's playground was just filled with people, with stacks of them, collecting them, trading them. They were very big in, I think, every school in America. And I think the movie and the Garbage Pail Kids themselves could be a podcast unto themselves. The Garbage Pail Kids were, to me, obviously, parody of the Cabbage Patch Kids, but that did not stop Xavier Roberts from suing the company that made them Tops. The Roberts and Tops eventually settled out of court and Topps agreed to redesign the cards so that the artwork would look less like the actual Cabbage Patch Kids, which seems silly since it's an obvious parody. I mean, it capitalizes on the success of the Cabbage Patch Kids. Perhaps it is a bit poetic that the Garbage Pail Kids' fame also was short-lived, and by the time they redesigned, people really didn't care that much. So depending on who you are, it was a win-win or lose-lose situation for everybody. To me, the Cabbage Patch Kids will always be synonymous with Christmas, for another reason, I happened to record the Cabbage Patch Kids Christmas special, which was called the Cabbage Patch Kids First Christmas when I was young, and watched it for like three or four years afterwards. If you haven't seen it, you should rush out and try to find the VHS. It was never released on DVD. The special was produced by Hanna-Barbera, and in it you get to meet Xavier Roberts and Colonel Casey, the stork, and join the kids as they have an adventure outside of the Cabbage Patch. At the beginning, Colonel Casey, who looks a lot like the Vlasic Pickle Stork, which I never realized, and sounds a lot like Uncle Remus from Song of the South, which kind of makes me feel a little uncomfortable, joins the kids and starts talking to them, and then Xavier Roberts shows up and starts telling them about Christmas. And the kids in the Cabbage Patch had never had a real Christmas, so they decide to go into the city and see Christmas for themselves, in the city, they encounter snow, but it's really clean snow, which is not normal for a city. So I assume this is Canada, and in the city, they meet an orphan that nobody wants, they find a wallet, they're chased by these thugs, eventually they're able to return the wallet to its original owner, and that original owner is so happy and so nice that they decide to adopt that orphan. I cannot tell you how often that happens to me whenever I've tried to return a lost wallet. Someone always tries to adopt me. It's probably because I'm so freaking adorable. It's not a great Christmas special, but it really does capture what the feeling of the Cabbage Patch world is all about. And if you were lucky enough, I don't know I was lucky enough, to get the Cabbage Patch Kid Christmas album, Colonel Casey is still etched indelibly on your brain. Overall, the Cabbage Patch craze wasn't just a craze. 
It was just the spike at the beginning of a long history for a doll that'll probably go on for 50, 60 years more. It's in the same line as Barbie or G.I. Joe. It'll be reinvented, and someone will always want a Cabbage Patch doll. If you go on eBay, you can have mine. Damien needs a home. Seriously. What do we mean by metamorphosis? Metamorphosis. Thanks for listening. For more retro fun, drop by the website at retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash retroist. If you have an idea for the show, email it to me at retroist at retroist.com. If you have an idea for a top five list, email it to metagirl at metagirl at retroist.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great weekend. certain kind of change is what it is when it's a metamorphosis we have an egg an egg that changes into an embryo that also changes into a tadpole that also changes and it's a frog a frog at last Go forth, my vegetable babies, and make me money. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.